Green Tree Church, will you stand and join me in some worship this morning? from Psalm 95, verses 1 through 7. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it and his hands form the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, 
and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care.
consuming fire, burning holy flame with glory and freedom. Praise to the
thank you for this morning. Thank you for this congregation. Thank you, Lord, that you are the king of creation, that you are our health and salvation, that you wondrously reign, Lord, and you gently sustain, and that you prosper our works and defend us, and that you daily attend, the, attend us with goodness and mercy, Father. Thank you for this time that we could bring our praises before you. Now open our hearts and our minds, Lord, that we would hear what you would have to say to us. Amen. Now will you greet one another, please? Y'all were a little quick talking. I didn't get to chat with everybody. One of these days, I know I'm going to hit that and just go boom right down, and y'all will really enjoy that. Uh, good morning. Welcome to Green Tree Community Church. My name is Tom Ricks, and I'm one of the pastors here at Green Tree. It's great to see all of you uh, inside this morning. Those of you in the center field bleachers outside, you doing all right? You're the smart ones. We should, everybody should be out there this morning. It's a glorious morning. So we'll try to figure it out this fall. Maybe we can have a day where we worship uh, outside. If you're seated in the, in the inside of the aisles, if you wouldn't mind grabbing the attendance books that are there, signing them uh, and passing them. I sent an email to a friend of mine last week who's been at Green Tree for about 16 years and he never got it and he didn't get it because he had a new email put in about seven years ago. I didn't call you out by name. I'm not even going to look over there. I don't, I don't want to give it away, Frank. <clears throat> but feel free if you would like to be in touch with us, uh, if you have any updates, uh, if you have a new phone number, you have a new email address, if you're a regular attender, please feel free to put that in there so we can keep up with uh, each other. And if you're visiting, thank you so much uh, for coming and being with us this morning. And we really mean that. Thank you. We, uh, we uh, know, because a lot of us have been in new churches before, what it's like to kind of walk in a place you don't know anybody, and it could be a little scary and a little intimidating. So we thank you for taking the time to be with us. Uh, Green Tree family, make sure you look around. If you see somebody uh, that is new to you, make sure you introduce yourself and let them know uh, how glad we are to have them. Uh, having said that, visitors, if you want more information, you can contact us or our website. You can give us your contact information if you'd like us to reach out to you, and we'd be more than happy to do that. Also, the table out in the atrium, uh, right as you out the door, there's always someone standing there after the service. They'd be happy to answer any questions you have. Come find me after the service. I'm usually hanging around up here. I would be more than happy to welcome you to Green Tree. Uh, just a couple of brief announcements this morning. A lot of us have been blessed over the years to be uh, on the receiving end of the Stephen Ministries. Uh, perhaps you have gone through a time in your life like I have in my life where I uh, was struggling with some things. For me, it was, it was an illness of my father, uh, and I received a Stephen minister, and the care that I received during that kind of nine, ten months uh, was just, I can't even put into words how uh, helpful that was. Uh, several of you, many of you are actually Stephen ministers now, and you're the ones who give care to our congregation. You can always find a Stephen minister. They have a little blue name tag uh, that says Stephen minister, uh, but they are recruiting for their next training class. So if you think that care is something that you would like to give to others, and you, uh, you feel kind of wired to be a person who, you don't have to be a counselor, you don't have to have all the, the answers, rather someone who uh, can really empathize with others, 
uh, can care for others, can pray for others, and you'd like to be formally trained in Stephen ministry, they're going to have a class beginning on the 27th of September. And if you want to chat with them this morning out in the atrium, they have a table set up and they will be more than happy to tell you all about that. Uh, and also, those of you that are relatively new to Green Tree, either today or in the last few weeks, next Sunday after the second service, we're going to have a welcome lunch out in the atrium, or maybe if it's nice, we might be have a picnic out on the lawn. And that's just a chance for you to learn a little bit more about Green Tree. We'd love for you to come and join us for lunch uh, next Sunday after the worship service, in the second worship service. Uh, this week, we are in our second of a mini-series, a three-week series on thankfulness. And this morning, we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. Uh, but before, and I got a new Bible this week, and I'm, I'm kind of breaking it in. My other one, literally the pages were falling out last Sunday, so I'm trying to get this to stay. Uh, but this week, we're going to be looking at Philippians 1, and we're going to kind of look at the flip side of the conversation. Last week, we talked about, uh, we looked at Paul's letter uh, in 1 Thessalonians, and began to ask ourselves the questions, do I think thankfully? And if I do, do I live thankfully? What does that look like? What, what is it like for me to be a person of Christ-like godly thanks who lives in that way? We want to kind of flip the question around a little bit this morning and ask the question, uh, does my life cause other people to praise God, to give thanks to God? Am I actually a reason why someone thanks God? And not just after they've been hanging around with me saying, thank you, God, that that's over, Right. But does, does the way I live my life actually generate godly thanks in other people? In other words, would they have this kind of attitude after they interacted with me as a disciple of Jesus? I want to introduce you to a very thankful three-year-old. Look, I can be a shark. Now my whole house is great. I can do anything good. I like my school. I like anything. I like my dad. I like my cousins. I like my aunts. I like my Allisons. I like my mom. I like my sisters. I like my dad. I like my, I like my hair. I like my haircuts. I like my pajamas. I like my stuff. I like my rooms. I like my home. The word that comes to mind is infectious, right? <laughs> you ever met somebody like that, that you just walked away and, and your day was just a little better because you interacted with them? Uh, not everything in our life goes perfectly all the time. We have struggles, we have difficulties, we have challenges. But as disciples of Jesus, I believe there should be a life that's lived in a manner that causes others to give thanks to God, to have that kind of infectious uh, attitude. So I'm actually going to give you the sermon in a sentence this morning before we read the passage, because I want, to, I want you to look for it in the passage as we read today. So here's what we're after this morning. Simple question. Does my life, if I am a disciple of Jesus, does my life generate thankfulness to God in others? Does my life generate thankfulness to God in others? Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11, follow along in, in your Bible or follow along on the screen. Hear the word of God. Paul writes, I thank my God in all my remembrances of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. 
And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is the reading of God's holy and perfect word to him alone. Be glory. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we pray for illumination this morning. We ask that you would enlighten our hearts and our minds, our intellect and our passions. Lord, as we come together each Sunday morning uh, to worship, uh, we come hungry. We come with questions. We come from a week of experiencing sometimes great joy and, and we're scratching our, our heads wondering how could we be so fortunate. Other Sundays, it's all we can do to, uh, to get out of bed and to be here and to uh, be in a room where people are worshiping God and we're coming scratching our heads wondering how things could be so difficult. Uh, and perhaps, Lord, most challenging of all, so many weeks where we're just kind of in between. Uh, we're just here. We're not exactly sure where you're going or what you're doing. Uh, we know you, we, we love you, uh, but perhaps we've just become uh, a little bit too content with uh, normal things of life. And so, Father, we need the filling of your word and your Holy Spirit uh, to enliven our hearts again. Lord, no human word can do that. We are, we're not here because we're interested in what I have to say. We're here whether we are seeking and wondering about a relationship with you or we're here as a child and a disciple of Jesus because of our spiritual need. And only you can meet that need. And we pray that you would do that this morning. Uh, we humbly ask that your spirit and your word would fill our hearts and our minds. Father, forgive me for my sin. Please don't let me stand in the way of your message this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give you uh, four observations out of this text. The first observation is simply kind of a, a general observation of the circumstances in which we find ourselves in Philippians chapter 1. And then the other, the last three will actually be three reasons why Paul is giving thanks. So we'll get kind of to the heart of the matter uh, when we get into the, to the last three observations. But the first thing is this, you can't help but notice right off the bat in these verses that, that Paul is dealing with a compulsive thankfulness. He, he just simply cannot help himself. I thank my God in all my remembrances of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all for you all making my prayer with joy. You can just kind of hear it bubbling over. Paul is thinking about his Christian friends in Philippi. He's thinking about the relationship that he has with them. And Paul was the founder of the church of Philippi. He went there and preached the gospel and people came to faith. And Paul established that church before he moved on to his next city. But Paul is compelled to give thanks and glory to God for his friends. It's just kind of oozing out of him. Thanks comes to mind easily and it flows naturally. 
Uh, I was leaving here yesterday around 12, 15, 12, 30, and I was walking across the parking lot to get in my car. And just as I was getting into my car, a woman shouted out from across over by Jimmy John's, Tom Ricks, Tom Ricks. Now, I know this might shock some of you, but that's not usual for me to have women call out my name <laughs> as I'm walking across the parking lot. I know it happens for a lot of the rest of you, but that, that's relatively unusual for me. Uh, and I looked up and I said, Alex Gray as I live and breathe. Now, Alex Gray is a young lady who graduated from Mizzou a few years ago. She went to our daughter church, the, the Crossing, uh, the church there in, in Columbia, which we planted years ago. And she has since joined their ministry team, the Veritas Ministry, that reaches out to the campus at Mizzou. So she's on their staff now. Green Tree Community Church supports her uh, financially, and Cindy and I personally support her as well because she's just absolutely one of my most favorite people in the world. Because when you see her, you just have to smile. And you're not smiling because she's pretty, although she's, she's a pretty young woman, but you're smiling because you know what's living inside of her. And she just oozes the grace of God. And, and, and just coming out of her pores is the, the compassion of Christ. And her love for Jesus is always something when I walk away, I know I'm going to feel better about my faith because she just has that impact on me. And, and I think that's what Paul's going through. I think as he's sitting down and he's writing this letter, he's seen some faces He's seen some people with whom he's interacted, most of whom he brought to faith. He, he's their father in the faith, and yet they are blessing him. And he's compelled to give thanks and glory to God. In fact, he says just the thought of them in prayer, just when I, when I remember you, when I recall my, my experiences with you, I'm compelled to give thanks and to give praise and glory to God. So clearly this relationship has had a positive impact on Paul. The lives that the Philippians were living in some measure caused Paul to give thanks to God. Why is that? What were they doing? How were they living? What was their interaction with Paul that was such an encouragement to him? And what can we learn from that example that could maybe cause us to be an encouragement to others? The first thing Paul says in verse 5, is that they're partners with him in the gospel. He says, I give thanks to God, always remembering you all the time, making my prayer with joy. And then in verse 5, he says, why? First of all, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So we want to talk for a minute about this phrase, partnership in the gospel. What exactly uh, is Paul speaking about when he uses that phrase? And I think there are three pieces to this puzzle when we're talking about partnership in the gospel. The first one, very simply put, is their common faith in Christ Jesus. When you are a disciple of Jesus and you meet another disciple of Jesus, you can be complete strangers. You could be, you know, out of town on business and, and maybe in an airport in another city. You could, you could, you could be at a, at a business convention somewhere. You could be uh, the first semester in a new school and you're walking down the hall and you, and you stumble across another Christian and your mutual faith in Christ is encouraging. The fact that there's a, a brother or a sister who believes as you believe, you have a common faith and there's a partnership, there's a bond that's immediately established between the two of you. I have, I, I can't imagine, uh, but I have literally thousands of acquaintances across the country. And I imagine many of you ha have that as well, where you, you're just people that have come across your pathway and they love Jesus and you love Jesus. There's a partnership that's there between the two of you. But for the Philippians, that partnership 
had a practical application. It went beyond just their common faith in Jesus. Their partnership with the gospel also meant that they were caring for and supporting Paul's ministry. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, we're going to get into some of the details of that later. But basically, these folks had said to Paul, we want to help make sure you go and share the gospel with other people. We want to make sure that you have the support that you need as God's called you to go and to talk to others about Jesus. We want to be part of helping with that. In other words, they were financially supporting him. Now, that's not unusual. I just mentioned someone that we support at Green Tree. There's several people that, that we support at Green Tree that, that, that witness for Christ in St. Louis and to the, to the different corners of the world. But what's interesting about this particular situation is the context in which Paul is writing. Paul is writing from jail. And he's in jail not because he had a bunch of unpaid parking tickets. He's not, in, he's not in jail because he was a jaywalker. He's in jail because of the proclamation of the gospel. He's been imprisoned because he's following Jesus. And when you were imprisoned in Roman days, the way Paul was imprisoned, they, they, they had a room for you at the end, so to speak. But that's it. They didn't provide meals for you. They didn't take care of your physical needs. You had to have family members or friends that would come and visit you. And Paul was under what we would call house arrest. He wasn't in a, in a dungeon setting, but he was chained to four Roman guards, two on each hand and two on each leg, 24-7, and he couldn't go anywhere. And if somebody didn't bring him food and sustenance, he would have to rely on the mercy of the guards to maybe give him a couple crumbs every once in a while. But Paul wasn't in that kind of situation because of the generosity of the Philippians. They were making sure that even when Paul was in prison and, and the audience of the gospel had shrunk to four, <laughs> he had four Roman guards that he would talk to about Jesus, I'm sure on a daily basis. I'm pretty sure all four of them came to Christ or were like, Paul, please, not again. I, I, I can't hear it again today. And yet Paul didn't have to worry about food and drink, and clothing. Why? Because the Philippians had actually packed up a care package and had sent it with folks to make sure that Paul had what he needed. The generosity of the gospel is a reason why people give thanks to God. I'm so grateful to be part of Green Tree Community Church because I believe this has been a key part of our witness over the years. If you walked in this morning, you, you passed uh, the little box there for affordable Christmas. So we're going to be talking more about that the next couple of weeks. Summer's over. It's time to ramp up and, and get that box to full and overflowing so those families can have Christmas this year. But the pre-runner, precursor to that, uh, this, new, this new idea of affordable Christmas was the, the mitten ministry. And those of you that have been agreed to it, remember in, in late November, we pull down some mittens that are gifts and we go out and we spend our own money to provide for the holidays for someone else. Perhaps you remember a few years ago when the terrible storm came through Joplin and for two straight years, about every six or eight weeks, Green Tree sent a team of people. I think almost half of our congregation at one moment or another made a trip to Joplin to help with others. Uh, you've been experienced or exposed to the message of Homes of Hope, building homes with families in Mexico. 2028, which is our service day, church planting in the churches that are in existence today. The church that Jamie Gray works for would not be there had it not been for the investment of Green Tree Community Church early on when we had $120,000 in the bank and we gave them $100,000 of that, right? The spirit of God's generosity has been alive and thriving at Green Tree for many years. Lydia House, 
a home for battered and abused women. The new home in which we live. How many of you, unless you had a, a trust fund, and I'm not saying that like it's a negative thing, but how many of us moved into our new home and on the day we moved into our new home, it was almost 60% paid for? <laughs> that just doesn't happen. And yet that's about where we are in our, in our home here. We, we only owe about 40% of, of the value of, of this property. That's pretty amazing that, that from day one, we were in that good of financial condition. That's because of the spirit of generosity of God. I think about the prom that we did uh, for the students at Kirkwood High School this last year who couldn't afford to go to a dinner. And so we did a pre-dinner prom for them. If, you're, if you've joined us in the last year, if you've kind of come to Green Tree since we moved into this place, I want you to know the kind of disciples that you're joining. And I want you to know that for two reasons. One is I think you should be filled with thanks to God that God has created and God gets all the glory. I'm not saying, okay, now turn to the person on your right and your left and pat them on the back. I'm not saying that at all, right? It's God's spirit is at work here and it's a spirit of generosity and that should cause you to give thanks to God. But it should also serve as a bit of a warning to you. We take generosity very seriously. You won't be comfortable here if God isn't working his spirit of generosity within you, you're going to start to feel a little bit on edge because we're not bashful to say, here's another opportunity for us to be generous in some way that's going to promote and expand the kingdom of God. And, and to this point in our, in, in our lifetimes at Green Tree, God has given us a spirit that has said, amen, and how else can we help? And Paul is in prison and he's stuck and he can't go anywhere. And he's completely dependent on somebody else to make sure that, that, that body and soul stay together and the Philippians are right there by his side. They don't blink. And, they're, and I'm sure the note they sent to Paul said, and if you need more, just let us know. Do our lives reflect by the way we've been affected by God's generosity and the way we, we live in God's generosity? Is that, is that spirit here, does it create within us a lifestyle that causes others to give thanks to God in Christ. I believe that's part of what Paul meant by partnership in the gospel, not only faith in Christ, but a heart of generosity. But thirdly, also, I think there's, there's this notion of sharing the good news of Jesus with others. And again, we'll, we'll see that in other places in the text, but Paul knows that he's not the only person out there sharing the gospel. He knows that the, the Philippians are doing exactly the same thing and it gives him great joy. So he can say, you know what, even if I'm stuck here, praise God, it's okay. Because all of my friends over in Philippi are living and sharing the gospel with others. If you were here uh, two or three weeks ago when we uh, baptized a boss, if you remember part of his story was that a man walked into his bank and kind of got to know him a little bit. And then that man said, hey, why don't you come to church with me, Right. Just a, a real simple conversation. And I, and I think the invitation was extended two or three times. And finally, you know, a boss came to Green Tree and, and God brought him to a saving relationship with him. And we baptized him and, and we're all, you know, we're all so excited about that. And we long for more of that. But when, when the person who invited him told me that story, he said, hey, I've, I've invited this guy. If he shows up, make sure you say hello to him. Make sure you welcome him. Just put a big smile on my face. Not because somebody's inviting somebody to Green Tree. I, I mean, yeah, I love my church, but the fact that, that, that the disciples of Green Tree are thinking about ways that they can bring people to, to Jesus, it just makes me full of thanks. And that's, I believe, what Paul is saying and what he's experiencing in a very deep and abiding way. See, he, he's thinking about his experience with the Philippians and he's giving praise to God. 
But I also want you to notice, secondly, not only this partnership in the gospel, but also that Paul's faith, I think, is actually growing through this thankfulness. Look at verse 6. We're not going to spend too much time on this point, but it's an important one. Paul says, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. When Paul is giving thanks, he is reminded that this is all God's doing. Yes, he was the messenger to the, to the folks at Philippi. And yes, now the people of Philippi are the ones who are, who are sharing the gospel with others. But where's his confidence? He says, I'm certain of this. I am sure of this. And everything else I tell you, I am positive of this, that God's going to get it done. We serve a God who is powerful and mighty. He can change even the hardest of hearts. Think about where Paul was before he was an apostle. He was, he was trying to imprison and kill Christians. That's a pretty amazing career shift, right? You know, you, know, you, you go from working in, in the accounting department to the finance department. Well, that's, you know, you go from teaching history to, you know, to European history to teaching American history. That, that's not a huge shift. Going from imprisoning and killing Christians to trying to convince everybody to become a Christian, that's a pretty radical shift. And Paul is giving thanks because he knows that it's the power of God that does this. So I'm out in Denver on Thursday just for a day. I flew out in the morning, flew back in the afternoon. A church out there called me and said, we finally want to get serious about church planting. Would you come spend the afternoon with our leadership team? And so I did. We had a meet, just a glorious time from 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock. But I'm going back to the airport. I've got a flight home that leaves at 7.30. And I walk in the airport and I look at the sign. The first thing I see is 8.15, not 7.35. And I said, I'm in the middle of a sermon series on thanks. That's not a problem for me. <laughs> right? So I go to the gate and I, well, I went and had dinner. I had time. I went and I got, got out, sit down. I'm reading a book, hanging out. And I look up and the 815 has changed to 835. And then it changes from no time at all. It just says delayed. Okay. And I'm thinking I'm in a sermon series on thanks and I'm a disciple of Jesus and I'm going to give thanks and all things. And that's okay. You know, it could be worse. I could be waiting on a, uh, for a plane out on a runway with, you know, outside, and it could be raining on me. It could be worse. So we finally get on the plane eventually, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm, uh, this is great. And, the, you know, the gate agent comes down, and they talk to the head flight attendant, and they compare numbers, right? So we got to make sure that the count is correct. I don't know if you ever noticed that, but they, they do that on every flight. And so the, 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 the uh, gate attendant is southwest, so they're all happy and jovial. And they, she comes bounding in there, and she says, you have six empty seats. And the flight attendant says, we have five empty seats. And I went, give thanks and everything, because I just, uh, and this woman might come to Green Tree someday out of the sheer blue. And, uh, oh, and so, uh, a, a long story short, too late, um, it took about 45 minutes for them to find that one guy. <laughs> so I got to sleep about 1.45 that morning. But we sat down, uh, and I'm sitting in the very front row in the southwest plane, because uh, I'm, I'm going to be able to be the first person off because I'm so selfless. Um, <laughs> and I'm reading, uh, rereading actually Generous Justice by Tim Keller, uh, because we're going to introduce some Bible studies about that this fall. We'll come to that later in a few weeks. Um, but I'm rereading that book, and the flight attendant sits down in the jump seat, right? And, uh, and she looks over at me, and she looks down at the book, and she says, Timothy Keller... Now, people that read Timothy Keller, and it says Timothy Keller in the book, but it's Tim Keller. So I know right away this is either a brand new Christian or somebody that isn't a believer. So I said, what do you know about Timothy Keller? She says, well, I listen to his podcast all the time, and I've, I, you know, I've never really done that church thing. But boy, he really has a you know, compelling argument. I said, boy, he really does. And she says, so why are you reading that book? And I'm like, 
now I know why I was supposed to be thankful. What if I had groused and complained? What if my spirit had been the spirit that I really wanted it to be? You know, like, why don't you guys get your act together? If I controlled an airline of this size, no flight would ever have this experience, all right? All right, okay. So last I heard my phone wasn't ringing for Delta or Southwest or United to come run their company, but I'm sure I know better, right? That was the temptation. But the spirit of God compelled and controlled me in that particular moment. Thank you, Lord. And so I'm getting off the plane at the end of the day. And I said, do you want to read this book? She said, oh, no, I can't take your book. I said, look, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a preacher. I got a lot of books. And I, and I have a couple more copies of this one. I think you would really, uh, I think you'd really love this book. And so she, she took it. And she, and she said, what's your church? I have layovers in, in, in St. Louis sometimes. I may, I may come to your church. So I don't know if she'll ever show up or not. But here's the point. God was at work. I would have so botched that. I would have, in my flesh, I would have so messed that up. She'd have been saying, if that's what Christianity is and that's what a preacher is, I don't ever want to meet another one the rest of my life. And Paul understood. And brothers and sisters, we need to understand this is God's doing. The spirit of, of sharing the gospel, the spirit of generosity, the life lived that compels others to give thanks to God. Paul understands it's God's work. He's going to be the one to complete it. Thirdly, not only are they partners of the gospel, not only is God the one who stands behind it, but he also calls them partakers of grace. Look at verse 7 and 8. It's right for me to feel this way about you all. Why? Because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment, so there he's talking about being in prison, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. They're sharing the word of God. For God is my witness how I yearn for you with all the affection of Christ Jesus. Following Jesus is not always easy. We have trials in our lives. Paul clearly did. Opposition, that was clearly an issue with Paul. Persecution. And just the, the pressure sometimes of daily life of following Jesus. And yet Paul says you're partakers of all of that. You, you're, not just, you're not just following Jesus when the sun is shining and it's all good. You're not just following Jesus when you're around your Christian friends. But then when you get outside of that, you know, you go a different direction. You're not being hypocritical. Paul says that the Philippians basically are in all the way. And Paul's in a tough spot. And if you've lived, you know, more than five or six years on this planet, you've probably found yourself in a tough spot every now and then. How important is it in those moments to have a brother or sister who really loves Jesus come alongside you and to be loyal and to be faithful to you? How life-giving is it when somebody, you know, you, you, you've just been beaten up and you're just worn out and you just, you really don't like yourself and you understand why everybody else doesn't like you too, but a brother or sister comes along and they said, Jesus is enough for you. How important is that? That could change your life. I, uh, I've told this story before, but I haven't told it for a while. So those of you that have been here will have heard this before, but another church, which I previously served uh, for a couple of years as the interim pastor uh, in early March, uh, for three years in a row, the letter would arrive at the elders, and I would get a copy of that letter. And it was basically two to three pages, single-spaced, of what an awful pastor I was, and how terrible I was, and how I should be fired immediately, and how I should be basically run out of town. Now, it was anonymous, uh, of course, right? <laughs> and, and so it's easy to kind of chuckle about that. But try being on the receiving end of that kind of letter. And I'm not, I don't feel sorry for myself. Don't hear that. But if you've ever had that kind of experience, if you've ever had that kind of venom spewed at you, that's unsettling. 
I, I, don't, I don't care if, if it is anonymous. It, it can really rattle your cage. And all three times that happened, one of the elders would bring the letter and he would stand up and tear it up. He'd say, Tom, this has nothing to do with you, right? How life-giving is that in that particular moment? And friends, that's what the gospel invites us to. The gospel invites, invites us to stand with one another through thick and thin, to be there for one another. That's why I love that Stephen ministry is they're just there. I, I don't want to make it sound like they don't do anything. That was, I said that really bad. But they, they, in a sense, they're, they're, it's the ministry of, of, of withness. And I, I'm not speaking with a lisp. It's just they're there, they're with you, and they care for you. And we need that, don't we? We need brothers and sisters to be around us because sometimes the walk is hard. Sometimes it's difficult. And Paul is giving thanks to God because these people are partakers of grace in every essence of that word, in good times and in bad. And I believe, because this is the inspired word of God, I believe it's a worthy question for us this morning. I believe it's a worthy question to ask, could we follow this pattern. And remember, it's not the Philippians aren't the heroes of the story. The Spirit of God manifesting himself through the Philippians is the hero of the story. But could we follow this pattern? Could we be so captured by God's grace, so motivated to live in his love, so compelled to joyfully follow Jesus that our lives actually create godly thanks in others? Uh, this morning, we have a few more minutes left in our teaching time, but here's what we're going to do with that time. Uh, we're going to take a few minutes to praise God for someone in our company for the last 11 years who has done just what I've been preaching about this morning. Uh, a lot of you have seen the announcements going out that Ellen Stream, uh, who's been uh, one of the co-directors of our children's ministry for the last 11 years, retired uh, the last day of July. Uh, but we didn't want to have a party in late July because half of us were out of town. So we intentionally have waited about a month so that we could have a full house and everybody be back and we would have a chance for a few moments to thank God for Ellen. So here's what we're going to do. You're going to have, we're going to have a little slide, a little Ellen slideshow. So you can see some pictures and I, I had nothing to do with picking out the pictures. So if you don't like them, you can talk to Mindy. Um, I don't mind calling that out. Uh, you're going to love these pictures. Uh, and then we're going to have uh, three different folks that are going to come and share their praise for God for you. And so we, we want to do this corporately because Ellen has touched all of our lives in, in one way or another. So watch the screen. Uh, and then I think, Marion, you're going to lead off our sharing time. Thanks.
When I first learned that I would have the tremendous honor and pleasure of sharing my thankfulness with all of you for Ellen and the wonderful children's ministry program here at Green Tree, I started a list. So bear with me. I just have a few things to say, and um, I'll be brief. <laughs> Sorry. Couldn't help myself. I will go off book. My name is Mary Ann Hughes. My husband is Steve. And we have two very lovely and extremely well-behaved daughters, Callie and Elizabeth, who are in 12th and 11th grade now. And we wanted to share our thankfulness with you because as a team, we teach fourth grade Sunday school here at Green Tree. Now, our thankfulness is many-fold for Ellen and this ministry. First, I wanted to share that we started teaching because we were looking for a way to give back to God for what he's done for our family, the many blessings that he has given us through other amazing teachers here at Green Tree. When we started visiting, our girls were in fourth and fifth grade, and amazing, as many of you know, truly amazing teachers like Mike and Monica Miller and Linda Nash and the wonderful Tim Keith poured such love and their love of the Lord into our daughters. They made them feel so immediately welcome and known here that our girls started laying out their clothes the night before church so that they would be on time for their Sunday school classroom, which was incredible to us, really cool. So for um, we love Green Tree for so many reasons, but that, I can easily say, is one of the very key reasons that we are here as part of the Green Tree family today. And it's definitely the reason that we stepped up to teach Sunday school. Now, we can never hold a candle to amazing teachers like Tim Keith, uh, but God has truly given our family so many blessings as we teach as a team in Sunday school. Starting five years ago, we were able to spend time teaching kindergartners, and then we moved on to first grade, and now we're teaching the fourth graders. And this is an especially special year for us because our original first graders are now fourth graders, so we get to welcome them back into the Sunday school classroom, and we're really eager to see how they've grown. These fourth graders are amazing. We love getting to know your kids. We love building relationships with them. We love that each one of them is so unique. And God brought us all together in this classroom for a purpose. 
and we have such joy being with them there. The fourth graders are so open to learning, and they are so cute and sweet as they pray with and for one another, and they are so tolerant of Mr. Hughes's costumes. <laughs> We have a lot of fun. We also are so thankful for the relationships we've been able to build with other Sunday school teachers in this ministry along the way. Each one of us comes to this party with such a different personality, and God uses it all. And so we've been able to build something really special together. We're also thankful for the unexpected but delightful blessing of feeling more plugged in here at Green Tree through teaching in children's Sunday school. Now, you all are an incredibly welcoming and kind bunch, definitely. But I will admit to you that my first few years here at Green Tree, I was not feeling super plugged in. And I don't know if I was expecting all of you to make me feel plugged in. Crazy, I know. But it was when we started teaching Sunday school that we got to know those kids. And we got to know their parents as they would drop off their kids and pick them up from the classroom. We started getting to know the siblings. So here we were getting to know families one by one and getting to know the teachers that we were working with. And all of a sudden, I stand before you today and I feel very plugged in at Green Tree. I feel very grateful because God did that and he did it through all of you. So thank you. But finally, and most important of all and most special to me, is getting to share my thankfulness for Ellen Stream and her amazing leadership all these many years of the children's ministry here at Green Tree. Ellen has been the constant in our lives as teachers for all the time we've been teaching and for our kids before that. Your faith, your time, your commitment through all these years, your being here every Sunday morning well before we arrived, greeting us with that lovely, sweet smile that you saw in the slideshow, staying long after we had left, providing for every need so that we felt supported as teachers, providing for those kids out of your love for them and your love for the Lord is amazing to me, and we are so very thankful. I can easily say that God has built such a firm foundation for the children's ministry here at Green Tree through Ellen Stream. And so Ellen, as you retire, we want you to know that your presence every Sunday in and around those classrooms downstairs will be sorely missed, but you are leaving a legacy that will carry on for generations. And for that, we are very thankful. Thank you. Hi, I'm Chloe Viner and I grew up here at Green Tree. Um, Ellen, what would children's ministry be without your guidance and care? I don't remember it without you being at the front and leading and teaching, always making sure things are running smoothly, and when the time came, asking me to step up and be a part of the giving end of children's ministry. Two summers ago, I worked closely beside you preparing for VBS. I remember being completely blown away by how much work and preparation goes into VBS and the countless hours you spend planning and organizing. Along the way, whatever obstacles were thrown at you, you've always learned to overcome them. And that summer I learned so much from you and I'm so thankful. 
Your dedication and enthusiasm inspired me then and inspires me now. Thank you for all of your years of service and for teaching me how to have a servant's heart. You will be missed, but your love at Green Tree Children Ministry will live on through those of us who are blessed by your heart. morning, everybody. Hi, my name is uh, Jamie Miller. This is uh, my family, my wife, Heather, Sam, Ellie, and Josie. Um, so uh, we are so thankful for Ellen for being a part of our family, being a part of our lives. Our kids started with the uh, children's ministry when they started walking. So we have been here since, uh, since uh, me and Heather got, got married and before then. So um, the way that they have grown um, and the relationship with Christ, grown in the relationship in the community with Green Tree, is amazing. And Ellen had a major role in that part. Um, I, I think about um, my children giving their testimony one day and, and thinking that if they were able to say, I never knew a day without knowing Christ, would be the most amazing gift I think I, we could ever give our kids. So I'm, I'm so thankful for Ellen and for her role in that. And she has uh, also had a lot to do with Sam and his, some of his other uh, things that he's participated in Green Tree. So he wanted to share for a minute. Um, well, Miss Ellen helped a lot with the um, costumes and the Christmas pageant, which I think is great. And I feel like she's done. I feel like she's done a lot of things to help with multiple things, which I think is great. And I, I just think she is a wonderful person. I'm so sad she's going to be leaving us. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, well, I'd like to hand it off to Ellie and Josie to close us up. Thank you. I want to follow that. <laughs> Would you uh, please join me and thank you, God, for Ellen. You may be seated. Some of you, if you want to, not you. Don't you stand right here, please. We're going to pray for you. you know, I'm not going to make you say anything right now. I'm just going to make you stand there if you don't mind. The last thing I'm ever going to make you do, Alan. Uh, if you would like to, I know the whole congregation can come forward, uh, but in particular our elders and any who have uh, been touched by Alan, if you would like to, we want you to come and lay hands on her, and then we're all going to pray for her. So I'll give you a second to come forward, if you would, please. And actually, I, we're going to need all of you to face this way, and you'll understand why in just a minute. Okay, but get around her. 
So I thought about how to pray for Ellen this morning. And I, you know, I thought, well, I could, I could you know, work hard and, and come up with a prayer that would perhaps uh, be fitting of uh, her service and her ministry at Green Tree. But then I, I looked at the end of this passage that we were studying this morning, and I, and I didn't finish the passage this morning. I stopped in verse uh, 8 because verses 9 through 11 is a prayer. And it's Paul's prayer for his friends of Philippi. And I don't care how good I ever preach a sermon, I'll never be on the same level as Scripture. So why try to improve on something that can't be improved upon? So I thought our final prayer for you would be in this context of being a a teacher. We know you're not leaving, leaving us, but in your context of leadership would be to pray this prayer over you. So what I'd like to do is invite the entire congregation to pray out loud together for Ellen this prayer of thanks to God. Let's pray. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God and all of God's people said, amen. Amen. And sing. Stand. (laughs) That's what I said. Stand and sing with me.
outside celebration for Ellen, and one of Ellen's favorite snacks is watermelon. And your fellow staff members all took a bunch of watermelons home this week and sliced them up and got them cold. Not me, I went to Schnooks this morning, got slices. But all the other staff members who, who are more careful about this. Uh, so we want to we just be able to take a half an hour or so and just talk to you and thank you and hug you. So before I do the benediction, I'm going to actually ask you guys to start heading that way or you're never going to get out there. You'll get trapped here. So if you would start heading outside, we'll all meet you out there in a couple of minutes. While they're walking out, Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. Stick around and uh, make sure you give Ellen a hug. That song we just sang, Streams of Abundance, right? We've had abundance because of the streams. So we, uh, we want to make sure that we celebrate that. Uh, but this morning, if you would like prayer or you want to talk with someone about some issues in your life, anything at all, our prayer team, our Stephen ministers are right over there on my right. Uh, please feel free to, to come and chat with them. Uh, but we'll make sure that we, uh, we have a good time with Ellen. And now receive the Lord's benediction. I gladly offer to you in his name. And now to the one who empowers us to live lives that will cause others to give thanks to God, to him be all the glory and all the praise and all the worship in this age and in the age to come. Amen. The Lord bless you. Go in peace. Come on.